questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Now, Exo-Ordinary Mind Facts. Did you know, the longest distance phone call to date, was made on July 20, 1969, when President Nixon spoke with the Apollo 11 astronauts on the moon, 238,000 miles away, with a zero-second delay. In 2017, Mission Control, spoke with the International Space Station astronauts, 249 miles away and with an 11-second delay. Surprisingly, the first call, is not in the Guinness Book of World Records, and had, absolutely, no delay. And that was, an extraordinary mind fact. And now, on to this week's Veritas interview. I'm Exo. Good night. Fifty years ago, the late Neil Armstrong said this. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Was it a giant leap for mankind? Or was it America's greatest hoax? Remember, science is about repeatability. Who has gone to the moon since NASA? The answer is no one. The term suspension of disbelief or willing suspension of disbelief has been defined as a willingness to suspend one's critical faculties and believe something surreal, sacrifice of realism and logic for the sake of enjoyment. The term was coined in 1817 by the poet and aesthetic philosopher Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who suggested that if a writer could infuse a human interest and a semblance of truth into a fantastic tale, the reader would suspend judgment concerning the implausibility of the narrative. Cognitive estrangement in fiction involves using a person's ignorance to promote suspension of disbelief. We are told the horizons of man are not limited to this physical earth. So, does the moon landing belong squarely at the top of mankind's greatest achievements? Or was it a $150 billion swindle on the American taxpayer? Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at Veritas Radio. Com. And to explore whether the moon landings were a hoax or not, tonight's special guest is Jaron Campanella. Through his research, he's uncovered lies and deceptions that have been taught as truth, and they are far worse than anyone could have imagined. By opening your mind and truly being a human, you can recognize the truth and finally be at peace with it. NASA has lied about space. Science has lied about evolution. And mathematics do not prove reality. He's on a mission to bring down these deceivers. They have a majority of the population worshipping them, even though they have spent billions, even trillions, on faking space 
instead of spending that money on true investigation of the world we live. Instead, they stole it and told us they spent it on pointless rovers, non-existent satellites, and hoax missions. Open your eyes. Stop the lies. His goal is to teach people to use their own heads and to stop believing everything they hear without first finding out for themselves. His website is jeronism.com and you can also find his material on his very popular YouTube channel, Jeronism. We also have links on our website. Hello, Jaron, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Hey, very good. Appreciate you having me on, Mel. I love your show so much and appreciate your work, so I'm honored to be here again, this time to discuss this uh, 50-year anniversary of the greatest achievement of mankind. <laughs> and by the way, the feeling is very mutual. I love your work. By the way, Jaron, we have this explained on our website, but I don't think I've ever asked you, why the pseudonym Jaronism? Well, yeah, it goes back to uh, when I first started really looking into reality and the way things were. And it really started with religion, my issues with, with the religion that I was taught, the religion that I grew up with. I was uh, in an all-boys Catholic high school, a Jesuit-run Catholic high school. And so when I came out of that and just became disillusioned with the whole thing, you know, in that Catholic high school, they would teach us the scientific method and they would teach us all about science. And then at the same time, the next class would be religious studies. And I just found this uh, incompatibility with being able to rectify everything. And so I, I really became disillusioned with school when I you know, got out of there and kind of went on my own life path. And it was about 15 years later after high school that I started to really look into some of these things. You know, I remember a friend of mine telling me in 2005 that uh, the 9-11 attacks weren't as they were uh, told to us. And I told him to shut up and never talk to me about that again. I thought it was ridiculous. And it wasn't until months later that I started to look into those kind of things. And when I did, I just kind of got to the point where I said, you know what, it's, it's more about what I can research, what I can discover, what I'm being told from everybody. I feel like there's lies coming from every direction. So I just said I wanted to create my own religion, and people have taken that the wrong way. Really, it just means it's mine. Yours would be Melism, right? It's, it's, your, it's your quest. It's your search for truth. And that's kind of how it started. And it just started with a little Tumblr blog where I started uh, Jaronism. And I was just pointing out things, pointing out lies in, in religion, pointing out lies in science. And yeah, it just stuck. So that was Jaronism. And if I had to go back and, and I would probably change it because of the connection with religion, the idea. And I've seen many people who have written articles about me and things like that. And they always say, oh, Jaron is professing this new religion, Jaronism. It's like, no, it's not a new religion. Um, it's really just about trusting yourself. You know, I used to say at the end of my videos, open your mind, there's truth inside. And I just really do feel it's about uh, finding your own way, finding your own truth. So I always tell people, Mel, in every video I do, uh, to not trust me. You know, if somebody just watches a video and trusts everything I say, I don't think that's very smart. I think that's what got us here in the first place was simply a blind trust in authority. And uh, I want to be about something different. I just want to point things out to people and let them choose their own way. If you don't agree with what I say, you don't have to watch any of my videos. You can block me very easily and just go read a physics book and, you know, go that direction. And a lot of people have said no, that they've found things that I've said very credible. And one of the funniest things that I get from people is uh, they'll say when they first heard about me or first heard about, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Flat Earth, uh, that they just dismissed it and thought it was crazy. And then they said, who's this pompous ass Jaron? And what's this channel Jaronism? But then uh, before they know it, they start watching one video, two videos. They say the next day they're at work and they're thinking about things I said and saying they can't wait to get home to watch something else. And then they watch a few more and then they email me or send me a letter 
and uh, say, wow, you know, I went from hating you one day to uh, really appreciating your work the next day. So that really feels good to hear from people. Um, I know what I say is considered crazy. I know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly uh, not mainstream. And so, you know, I'm crazy and that's just me and that's okay for me. Um, but I've been lied to so much, Mel, that at this point, it's super easy for me to believe uh, that the earth is in fact flat. You know, certainly observationally it's flat. And if uh, the only images of earth come from known liars, then I think I'm a fool for trusting them. So I prefer crazy over being a fool. That's kind of how I look at it. And, uh, you know, people don't have to agree with me. And I know a lot of people who may question the moon landings or staunch believers in a globe earth. And that's okay because I think we all start there, right? I mean, that's, you know, there's nobody who can come out of fourth grade and not be a staunch believer and have the globe as part of their belief system. It's forced down your throat from the age of two, the, you know, the time that you can even start to think. You don't get a chance to choose uh, really what's going to be put into your belief system as a young child. That It's kind of forced on you through mainstream propaganda, through NASA education, through every commercial and TV show, and the beginning of every movie starts with the spinning globe. It's all meant to kind of reposition that idea of you living on a sphere. And if people still believe that, that's great. You have to start there. Um, but again, I think the moon landing is so important because once you realize uh, or once you start to look into that and realize that that may have been a fraud, then it just breaks down everything and it starts to tell you that we can be lied to on a massive level and how tightly people hold on to that you know, belief is staggering. You made me think of a couple of things. We have similar backgrounds in that I went to also a, a Catholic school. I was an altar boy, always believing what I was told, even though I, I always rejected that notion. If it right. was not religion, it was science. To me, they were both dogma. And I just wonder, why can't I question? If, I, if I'm not satisfied with an answer and the evidence, your evidence is not satisfying to me, why can't I question it? And I've always had a problem with that. But you mentioned something interesting, the Jesuits. Do you think the Jesuits are behind science? Oh, I think absolutely. Yeah, if you look at the evidence of of where these uh, you know obser observatories came from, and and a lot of the science, you know, uh, George Lemaitre and and the invention of the Big Bang theory. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely a lot of it came from science. Although, uh, I mean, a lot of it came from from the Jesuits and, and from the religious orders. But I think that you know back then you know, almost everybody was involved in in the religion, so it's obvious that it would be. Uh, from that faction. But clearly, today's people that believe in science think that science has nothing to do with religion and that it's completely separate. And I totally understand where you're saying, where you came from, because I was the same way. I really um, didn't believe in a lot of the religion I was taught at the time. And I was an altar boy. And I also worked in a, a, a church, in a rectory. I worked as in a receptionist. And I just started to notice that the priests were not who they were uh, built up to be and who I believed them to be. I, I looked at them when I grew up as these holy men who showed up on Sunday and preached to us and gave us homilies. And and then when I worked in the church and I realized they were everyday people, they would get out of church on Sunday and they would go right into the rectory and they would go right to watching football. And if a homeless man came to the door and asked for you know maybe some food money, they used to give out little gift certificates or gift cards to local fast food restaurants, and I would go get a priest and say, hey, there's a homeless guy at the door who's asking for food. He would say, you know, tell him to get the hell out of here. And um, <laughs> wow. I, I just started to learn that these guys were were not as holy as I thought. And uh, for a long time growing up at a very young age, you know, maybe 9, 10, 11, 12, I remember thinking, oh, maybe I wanted to be a priest. And as I was 14 or 15 and started to work in that uh, church, I just realized 
that they, they were nothing more than men who had adopted that as a belief system. And I would ask them, you know, have you ever talked to God? Have you ever? And they would say, well, no, I get, you know, I feel God's presence. And I said, okay, no, I understand that. I feel God's presence too. I, you know, but have you ever talked to him? And they would just say, no, that they just basically gave up their life here on earth for the reward of life in heaven or everlasting life in heaven. And so I became very disillusioned with it to the point where uh, in my younger 30s, uh, when I just said, you know what, religion, I'm done with it, man. I'm just, I'm over it. I became an atheist and um, started to believe heavily in in science. And I just realized, just like you said, that after about a year of that uh, and arguing in forums, I wanted to go into forums and argue with Christians and, and tell them how you know perfect science was and everything. And I quickly realized that everybody who believed in science was the same as those who believed in religion. It was identical. It was dogmatic. Uh, these people had no idea what they were talking about. And I would go research things like carbon dating. And then I remember in one particular forum where, you know, there was a Christian who showed up who said something about, uh, hey, you know, guys, how do we know the age of the earth? And so somebody came back real quick and said, it's carbon dating, you freaking idiot, you know, something like that. And uh, I just popped in and said, well, actually, it's not carbon dating. Carbon dating only dates back to such. And at this time, I was an atheist. And I said that. And then all of a sudden came this plethora of of science backers who were just loading on top of me and just saying, you're an idiot, you, you know, you believe in a 6,000-year-old earth. And you know, the funny thing was, is I, was just, I was on their side, but I was just pointing out that, no, we don't. that's not how they know the age of the earth. It has nothing to do with carbon dating. Carbon dating only can go back, you know, 30,000 years. That's certainly how we, not how we know the age of the earth. And I just started to notice that, man, none of these guys even knew what they were talking about. It was simply a position, a belief system that they had taken. So at that point, I just said, man, I'm disillusioned with both. I can see why both are a dogma and why is there nobody who resides in the middle? I really couldn't find people that uh, were smart enough to say, no, I don't have to believe this side and I don't have to believe that side. And that's really where Jaronism came from is that middle point of, no, I'm going to find my own way. I'm going to believe things when the evidence pulls me in that direction. I'm not going to believe things anymore just because I'm told. And that's really where the flat earth started is that's, uh, you know, I erased everything from my belief system and said, let's start from square one and let's prove things one at a time. And unfortunately, the first thing you start with is the sphere earth that we're told we lived on. And, you know, my wife was in the same uh, basket as me. We both decided to start all over. She looked outside one day and said, what do you think? Do you think the earth could possibly be flat? And I said, no, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. You're an idiot. Planes go around it. Uh, you've flown east and gone to Germany. I've flown west and gone to the Philippines. Uh, clearly, the Earth is a sphere, and I kind of dismissed her at that. And it wasn't until you know maybe a month after that that I stumbled upon an Eric Dubay website and saw for the first time that azimuthal equidistant map. And while I may not believe that that's the actual map of the Earth, just looking at it and realizing that planes can go around a level plane uh, and they don't have to go around a sphere was the biggest eye-opening thing to me in a long time and realizing I just told my wife a month earlier that she was stupid for even thinking that. And I said, you know, we're not going to start all over. We're not going to start from the beginning. Some things are just fundamentally true. And removing that from my kind of belief system and just realizing that the, the things that we're brought up with, the ideas that are implanted in our heads as a child uh, are so fundamentally true to us that we hold on to them so much. You know, I've pointed out to people before that you know, things change, right? You, you, you don't live in the same house you grew up in. Uh, your parents are getting older. Your grandparents have passed away. Uh, you've changed schools. You change teachers. You change friends. You change relationships. Everything changes. The one thing that doesn't change is that fundamental belief that you live on a spinning ball. 
So it really is something that people have a hard time even considering. And I understand that, you know, it was difficult for me. I, you know, told my wife she was crazy. So again, I, I certainly don't expect people to simply believe me. That's not the, the, the best way. I think that's the way that we got here. That's the reason why we all have these deeply held beliefs that are hard for us to shed. And the greatest day for me was when I started my YouTube channel and realized there was others like me, finding your show, finding Crow 777, finding Truth Frequency Radio, and finding these people who do reside where I do now, which is in the middle, which are people who are rational, people who listen to both sides and are able to make up their minds themselves, people who believe in science don't go that method. They, they call themselves skeptics, but they're only skeptical of anything that goes against their mainstream uh, beliefs. And so really, the most comfortable I've ever been in my life, the most um, in touch with reality I've ever been is right now. And it takes a lot of courage to discuss all these subjects. I get attacked all the time by people saying, how dare you discuss the flat earth? And, right. and you have people that praise me. And as I've said before, you have to grow a thick skin, folks. You have to move with the evidence. And I'm not here to to offend anybody. I, I'm here to explore the mysteries of the universe. Even today, I was just thinking, well, I don't know why the name George Washington came to mind. And I realized that he was president in, 19, in 1789. And then I said, wait a second. But what happened from 1776 to 1789? Who was president of the United States? And I just found out today that there were eight presidents before he was you know, the technicalities of the U.S. Constitution and all the good stuff. But imagine if there's a lot of stuff that we don't discuss in school. We were right. not told of those eight people that preceded Washington. Imagine what else is not being told to all of us. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, people like John Jay, right, I believe was uh, one of those presidents. And yep. yeah, it certainly is interesting when you find that stuff out. And really, that's why I became disillusioned with the whole education system and realizing that uh, it, what better way to indoctrinate a nation than to create free public education in which you create books and, and you're able to pass those out and then everybody who goes to those schools will become believers in whatever those books say. And whether or not it's true, that doesn't matter. It's simply the fact that it's authoritative. It's got, it came from uh, you know these high-level sources and people just adopt it and believe in it. And again, I, I remember being a kid and, and hearing that we lived on a spinning ball and uh, asking questions like, well, how does the water stay on there? And I remember going home and asking my brother and my mom, hey, is it true that we live on a, a spinning ball? And they said, yeah, scientists have proven that. Scientists say that. And real quickly, that just becomes part of your belief system. You're able to uh, just agree with it, even though I'm at an age where I can't possibly argue something like gravity. I can't argue something about us living in, in a vast vacuum with our, uh, you know, the, the pressure of our atmosphere uh, not dissipating into the, the vacuum of space. You're not able to conceptualize those things and you're just told them to be true and you, you chalk it up to being fact. And when you get to a certain age, and for me, unfortunately, it was almost when I was 40, but uh, it got to the point where when I started asking these questions and looking for the evidence that should come easily for those things, if you're teaching first grade or something, then I feel like the, the evidence should be bountiful. And really, it's not. It's, it's made up of a bunch of stories. And when I look deeper and tried to follow the scientific method, I realized that science has now gotten away from the scientific method. It's all about a dogmatic belief, and that's what's led me to here. And I know the mere fact that you and I are having this discussion, questioning the moon landing tonight, I, I know it offends people. I've lost it friends <laughs> for, from a very long time a few years ago because one of them, for example, said, my dad worked in, uh, in the Cape Canaveral when that was happening, and I know it's true, blah, blah, blah. 
Imagine the compartmentalization that occurs when you have billions of dollars at your disposal to be able to just hide this from the population. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.